We're taking a photograph with some military wives and we're going onward with some sulfur and some white. I'm Van Connor. And I'm Bex Perfect. And this is Off Screen, your seven day guide to everything movies. Boom. Groovy. Welcome to Off Screen. Let's get cinematic. Hey, another Bex. week, another set of great movies. I know we've got a delayed Bond movie. We're currently recording this in the most sterilized building in Britain. It's, <laughs> it's a weird time to be alive, isn't it? Well, there's certainly no time to die. Oh, oh. there is a time to die. It's just in November now. Yeah, that's right. True. Also, can we just take a moment to appreciate that film is called No Time to Die, and that is the title they have given to the longest Bond movie ever. It's 160 three minutes yeah you'll probably be wanting to die by about halfway through yeah i mean i'm not a fan i'm not particularly a big fan of the daniel craig movies outside of skyfall i'm not i don't don't like him personally as bond i just oh i think casino royale is more for me than than skyfall do you know what always annoys me about casino royale it's called casino royale there's exactly 20 minutes of it set at the casino that's that's just no. You know what I mean? That's that's just wrong. Well, apparently there's lots of throwbacks to his mental state in mm. that film, in this new film. Oh, okay. So well, that'll be interesting, linking it all up. But speaking of tenuous titles and how they relate to the films, because we've got some weird ones this week. Yes. Let's start with the photograph. Okay. Which doesn't really involve a photograph. There's a photograph at the very beginning, but then it never really comes up again. It's just that one of the characters is a photographer. So Right, so this is a uh, romantic drama uh, yeah. starring Lakeith Stanfield and Issa Rae. It is uh, directed by uh, Stella Meggy, uh, who directed, remember Everything, Everything, a couple of years ago with Amanda, uh, Amanda Sten- Stenberg? I recognise the title. Yeah. Don't think I saw it. It was kind of a Fault in Our Stars type thing. Yeah, but she yeah. Was, she was hermetically sealed in her house. That was the, that was oh, the one. Oh, a bit like what we're going to all be. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in fact, it's like, like they were predicting the future. So the idea here is Issa Rae is a young woman who had a passionate, you know, uh, photographer mother who's passed away. She's going through her belongings. She finds a photograph of her mum. Her mum was known for not posing for photographs. She didn't like having a picture taken. This photograph then ties into a, a retrospective that a photojournalist played by Lakeith Stanfield is doing that brings the, these two characters together and they enter into a relationship that allows them to find to find and assess their own personality. Sounds quirks. very cutesy. It is a bit. Y'all came in that storm. That storm is crazy. What, what, what'd y'all do when the power went out today? Um... Next what topic. What are all those sounds about? <laughs> <laughs> you, know, was, you know, she did the little sip and smile thing, like. Mm. Leave her alone. <laughs> no, look, we husband. all grown. Look, if y'all did it, y'all did it. It Stop. ain't a big thing. People do it all the time. This is the best do it weather. <laughs> so yeah, you get the vibe from there. It's uh, it's a very slick, uh, a very elegant movie. I will yeah. say it's uh, there's a lot of soft focus. There's a lot of Al Green. There's a lot of nicely lit living rooms and slow dancing. And is this is this is this one for the lads? What, what for, no, it's definitely not one for the lads. <laughs> I mean, if we're going on the old traditional gender spectrum, I'd say this is probably one more for the ladies. Uh, see, there's a lot of things going for this, though. I actually okay. thought it was very good. It's a little bit overlong. I think it comes in just a few minutes short of two hours. Oh, that is too long for essentially a rom-com. Oh, I mean, officially, it's an hour 46. I think it's not a rom-com, it's a rom-dram. Oh. Right, and it, it, it is very a much... A dram-rom. Dram-rom? Rom-dram? We'll, 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 eventually, we'll settle on the okay. term for this. Um, 
you see, there's a, there's a small role in there for Chelsea Peretti. And uh, I'm trying to remember this guy's name. It is uh, Yolan Noel from the Purge movies, who I'm a very big fan of. And Ooh, Lil Rel. Okay, yeah. Lil Rel from Get Out. You know, T-S-M-F and A. You know, that guy? Yeah. Um, kind of gets, as you've you heard from the, from the clip, more or less the same kind of role he gets in Get Out, but here, played straight, more or less. He's uh, uh, Lakeith Stanfield's, uh, he's his younger brother. So the whole uh, the thing with this is it is about the characters. It is about the, the only challenges in this relationship, in this great romance, are either your own neuroses, right. your, your issues, yeah. your, your hang-ups, and how they get in the way of things, which, as a concept for a rom-dram, is something I can genuinely get on board with and respect. Um, I think uh, Issa Rae I like generally she seems to walk this because she does this kind of thing often anyway we've seen her in Insecure yep. for instance on TV and we know that she can tap into that side quite well and also she, I think she writes uh, Insecure so it makes sense but the surprise for me here was uh, Lakeith Stanfield as a compelling romantic lead which isn't really something I had I had seen as a potential in him you know you look at the films he's done and he's got that role in Get Out and he's in uh, yeah. you know the Boots Riley film sorry to it's nice like when someone surprises mm. you, you know, and shows their Very like, much, yeah. acting uh, mm. capabilities from a portfolio perspective, you know? Exactly. And if I think if, if you told me they're going to do romantic drama, this is the plot, yeah. African-American couple, my immediate thought would be, right, so how soon does Michael Ely turn up? And then, you know, when you find out it's like Keith Sanfield, like, okay, I had more money on him turning up in a Jack Ryan-like role first. Yeah. But, okay. And then you turn up and actually he cakewalks this. It is just effortlessly great. I think they're cool. both really good. They have great chemistry. I think the script is very well done. I think it's very well-balanced, very nuanced film. Uh, Sounds like you liked it. I did like it. How many it, thumbs up are you going to give it? I'm going to give it a one and a half because I feel like the very sort of straight-faced style of it, yeah. I think, will prove a bit of a barrier. It's going to, I think it's going to deny it a lot of sort of mainstream accessibility. But, and also, I will say, by the way, that when you have a movie distributed by Universal that takes place in Louisiana and is an African-American romance, my immediate thought was, how soon am I going to see Will Packer's name on this? Yeah, yeah. And then you literally get through, I think it's like the third credit on it, is Will Packer PGA. And I'm like, oh, oh there he is. There we go. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, well, that sounds like an interesting one. Probably Very not much. something on a massive release that I think we can expect. on streaming that'll do very well. Yeah. I think so, definitely. Fair enough. Yeah. So, uh, one that I know we've both seen. We sat next to each other, in fact. We did. Yes. We did. We, we held hands because it was such a feel-good film. Oh, You know, it's, it yeah. was wipe, was wipe, was wipe that cheeky tear at the end, hold hands. Well, I tell you what, I had a right day of it on Monday with, with both the films. Talk about Onward in a little bit, but I've sobbed mm. like a baby in two of these movies. <laughs> it is a week for the feels. Yes, yes, it is so. a week for the feels, and it's not even Valentine's Day. It's not. Tell us about military wives, then, Miss Well, Perfect. do you know what? The way I looked at this was sometimes... You need a story that isn't necessarily groundbreaking, mm. okay? And it's just genuinely a lovely British film. Mm. Um, this is brought to you by the director of The Full Monty, so you can always already yeah. gather the idea of, like, the, the sense of tone of it's this It's kind of movie. comparable, isn't it, as well? In yeah. terms of the setup, the concept, the way it unfolds, it is kind of comparable. Yeah, so this is Military Wives. Um, it is starring Kristen Scott Thomas and uh, Sharon Horgan. Um, it tells the tale of essentially the first military wives quiet in the UK. So following a group of women whose husbands are all deployed to Afghanistan for six months, they're on the base um, and they are helping to keep themselves all occupied. They decide to set up a choir and as a knock-on effect of that become this global movement and media sensation. They need something to focus on. I think Afghan is enough. No, besides that, they need 
They need something to work on collectively, a project, something that brings them together. Look, if you think singing onward Christian soldiers is what the women need, then you're more out of touch than I thought. I am simply trying to do my duty as Colonel's wife Look, to the best of my ability. Do it. Just go ahead. You don't need my permission. We both know the women won't join if you don't. I'm quite aware of how they feel about me. Listen, I know you still want to be part of the gang, but unfortunately, you have a leadership role on this tour, and that means responsibilities. You may not need the choir, Lisa, but those women do. So Christian Scott Thompson, Sharon Hogan, butting heads there, and I like the dynamic between yes. them. The, well, the, the, well, the we should explain the, that yeah. actually, because Christian Scott Thomas, she's she's very jolly hockey sticks and very much <laughs> like I like to sing hymns. This is how we do it. I'm the wife of a colonel, and yet Sharon Hogan is so laid back. She's horizontal, and she's yeah. just like, look, we just want to have a coffee and a chat, and just you know, yeah. she probably needs more structure. Well, they are life. playing sort of to their own types, I yeah. think, in a way, and that's that's what it works. But I think the chemistry between them is so good, as you heard in the clip. The chemistry between them is so fun, and I think it elevates what would have been quite a boilerplate thing otherwise. Yeah, gives it just a little bit more charm and a little bit more like. It was a yeah. good supporting cast, well, mostly unknowns. Mostly unknowns, but... but I think that adds to it the realness and the relatability mm. of this film is brilliant. So you've got your characters in there who, you know, so one lady loves football. You know, one lady's in, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, a same-sex relationship. Relationship. One is, um, you know, very new to a marriage and she's basically coming back to, uh, you know, she's come onto the base for the first time and doesn't know what to expect from that. You get all of those kind of different sort of feels from it. You get essentially a, a rag bag of misfits yeah. who come together at the beginning, can't really sing together, but then through Sharon Horgan's character who has a background in kind of songwriting, albeit as a hobby, mm. you know, she pulls all of that together. And what I love about it is actually... The, the true life tale that comes out of this yeah. and so this is obviously not based on it's it's, it's, it's a fictionalized loose, it's a fictionalized retelling yeah. yeah absolutely but the actual military wives choir its initial success spawned 75 separate choirs um, in a number of military bases not just in the uk but also abroad yeah because they do list a load of them don't they one yes point they do us. right at the yeah. end credits a really interesting end credits to watch mm. because of this there's also the fact that the choir got in touch with gareth malone who um if you're listening in from the uk you might recognize him from the the tv series the choir mm. they came on the fourth series was named the choir military wives it was really successful and in 2011 they ended up having a christmas number one with their single wherever you are i think because that's kind of how most of us know of them outside yeah of watching the choir. Um, just before we get to uh, the thumbs, I will just say as well, I really loved Jason Fleming in this movie. I love just, Jason Fleming in it. Because he's kind of a very he's minor He's understated, character. But, yeah. but steals, steals every it. scene. Yeah. does, doesn't he? Yeah. It's so much fun. It's Have, a, look, it's hmm. a feel-good film. It's one that's easy to watch. It's probably not, if you look at the poster, you kind of go, nah, it looks a bit nah. You would think it's weak, wouldn't you, from the yeah, poster? Yeah, but it's Ooh, not. No. It's not. Mm. It's a really, really good, solid film. So for me, I give it... One and three quarter thumbs up. I think it was really good. Same, same. Yeah. I'm going to go exactly the same. Oh, it's nice to agree with you we, once we, in a well, while. We do, sometimes it's it's <laughs> sometimes it's nice to sing in harmony. Bass. Yes. Welcome back to Off Screen, and so we are continuing with our big screen offerings this week, starting with another movie uh, which I have no idea about called Sulphur and White. Well, you know what we were saying about titles and having very tenuous relationships yeah. to the film? Well, I mean, the well, That's what I mean by I have no idea what it yeah, means. Yeah, because... well, Sulphur and White, I don't know why it's called that. 
Yeah. Couldn't tell okay. you. Couldn't tell you. No this chemical is... reactions. No. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no chemistry in this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is uh, based on the uh, true story. It's a, a retelling of the story of, I think it's David Tate, who yeah. is the uh, city banker turned mountaineer and NSPCC spokesman. Uh, hilariously, I was talking to uh, Chris Honeysett. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right, that's the thing. I was talking to Chris Honeysett uh, before another screening. We were talking about sulfur and white. He said, oh, is that the one about the city banker and mountaineer? Great. That's two things that can make me, make me dislike them. And they're off the bat. And then, okay, so it's the story of uh, he grew up in South Africa, he had an abusive father, he's grown up, he's become withdrawn, he's become heavily dependent on vices and escapism, alcohol, drugs, things like that. He enters into a relationship, which will be his second serious relationship within his life, uh, and start attempts to start a family. But of course, before you know it, his issues start to unravel said family. What's the matter? What's the matter? David's a little out of kilter. What is it? What is it? David? Come out now! This isn't you. It's wrecking yourself. You have all of this. This is nothing all of a sudden. Why are you a hologram? I need you to talk to me, Mr. Tit. This is the first of two movies back-to-back that we got screened this week that star Mark Stanley in the lead. I had no idea who Mark Stanley was, and I'll be really honest, he's not really made a whopping impression on me. I was going to say, which one of these two is better? (laughs) (laughs) Well, the other one isn't out till next week, and that's the Scottish movie Run. Um, So this is uh, written by by Susie Farrell and directed by Julian Jowell. Don't know either of their work particularly. Co-stars Anna Friel and uh, Dougray Scott. You'll be careful, it's Dougray, not Dougray. And, uh, well, here's the thing with this one. I don't think this is anywhere near as well written as it needs to be to really sell it. I think the pacing is off. I mm. think it's a very unbalanced film. I think they make the central figure too unlikable. They bring in the redemption arc that you know forms the basis of this true story. The only reason we, we want to be told this story is because of the redemption arc that turns him into the NSPCC spokesman turned mountaineer. Sorry, why do we care? Well, that's it. That's it, isn't it? The problem is you watch the film, you're just watching a guy unravel, and the whole thing is... Sounds very self-indulgent. It does. The problem is it's all about the fall and not really about the redemption and the climb back. The climb back seems to happen 15 minutes before the end at best. And this is, you know, doesn't feel like an overly short film. It's two hours and a minute long. Right. And it feels like the redemption arc is literally 15 minutes at the end. Mm. Before that, there's just, there's, there's a lot of distance. There's a lot of unspoken stuff. The nature of his abuse is quite badly handled as well. There are some hints, but I think the problem is that they depict it in such a, in such a, a differing way that it proves something of a barrier when the story then starts to rely quite heavily on it. For Dougray Scott, this isn't particularly much of a meaty role. He, he just gets to play nasty, and really there's not much depth to it provided beyond that. Yeah. Uh, for Anna Friel, it's mostly a... It's mostly a, you know a, a sort of a look a bit scruffy and, and twitch a little twitch the twitch the bottom lip kind of a performance again not really terribly well written as in the relationship there isn't particularly well explored and I didn't really take to Mark Stanley's performance I don't think he brought anywhere near the charisma that needed to keep you interested and engaged in what's really quite a downy character. Well, let's put everyone out of their misery then. And what? How many thumbs are you going to give this? Uh, half a thumb for having a beginning, middle, and end. Right. Yeah. Should we move on? Let's move on to something a lot more fun, shall okay. we? Okay, all we've right. Got four and a half minutes to talk about Onward. So, okay. so, I know you've rehearsed the plot. Please go ahead. I've not rehearsed it. No, no, because you've already done it this morning, and well, I yeah, found it's but... quite a big plot. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll make it simple for you. So, imagine a world 
<laughs> where once upon a time, magic was thriving. So I like to think that was this one, but never mind. No. Uh, but as the years pass, magic's died down and people forget the powers that they possess. Well, Onward, which is the new Pixar offering, is the story of two teenage elf brothers called Ian and Barley. They go on a journey to discover if there is a little bit mag of magic left out there in order to spend one last day with their father who died when they were too young to remember. All right, we're going to get Warrior Z90 Let me hear you say, I'm a mighty warrior. I'm a mighty warrior. Good morning, Mom. Lazy, down, bad dragon. Back to your lair. Happy birthday, Mr. Adult Man. Oh, Mom. Hey, buddy, don't wipe off my kisses. What? You're wearing your dad's sweatshirt. Oh, you know, finally fits. Oh, my little chubby cheeks is all grown okay, up. Okay, okay, Mom, I gotta <laughs> eat something before school. And of course, this is all instigated by, is it Ian, who's Tom Holland? Holland, uh, yeah. His, is it who has a bit of, yeah, it's his 16th birthday, has a little bit of magic in him. His brother suddenly yeah. doesn't, uh, <laughs> but is totally into his sort of Dungeons and Dragons style mm. games and stuff like that, which is actually a, um, I suppose it, it's a reflection of, of mm, real life in this magical It's sort of based land. in reality, isn't it? Yeah. It's like us and medieval stuff. They have magic kind yes. of thing in the same way. Yeah. Right, I, I did have a few notes on this one because I was fascinated by how you this You really was liked this, didn't you? I really love this. First of all, I think it is Zootopia with magical creatures. I think that's the basis. Ooh, I think it then uses that platform to springboard a relatively con more conventional story, a madcap, a more conventional story in the way that Brave did. Brave took medieval and then did a body swap movie. This takes mystical and then does Weekend at Bernie's. Okay. Uh, on top of that, I do think it's effectively a Pixar animated version of Orange County, complete with a Colin Hanks character in the form of Tom Holland and a Jack Black character in the form of Chris Pratt going on a road trip and going on this madcap adventure together. I loved it. I thought it had all the feels. I thought it had a lot of humour that really lands. It had a great cast, Octavia yeah. Spencer, Julie Louis-Dreyfus. Big fan of the chemistry between Tom Holland and Chris Pratt, who I keep calling Chris Pine. I don't mean to. Um, I just loved it. I had all the tears at the end. We were on the, the row in the picture house watching this film and literally it was just, it was just this echo chamber of snipples. Yeah. And we knew that they weren't coronavirus because everyone was streaming I kind of get where you're going with this mm. there's nothing it, it's a very capable film it's you know th Ooh. there is really good stuff about it I just think when you're looking at what Pixar does yeah. as a portfolio of films yeah. Toy Story Finding Nemo Wally, Up this doesn't sit on that shelf right I, I just want to point out first of all I've never gotten on with Ratatouille uh, no, I'm not saying to, that they've made everything is brilliant, but in their mm. entire portfolio, yeah. that you have the iconic classics, yeah. it's not going to sit up there. Inside Out, it's not going to sit up there with those. Oh, I don't think this is Inside Out level at no. all. No, no, no. Inside Out is borderline masterpiece. Wally -E is borderline masterpiece. Yes. Um, Toy Story is a masterpiece. The, the Toy Story movies, yes. Up, you know, Up yeah. will break a human being inside of three minutes. I can yep. attest to that. Um, myself and Chris Wilson destroyed as human oh, beings within three minutes of Up. This, but, for me, is what you, what you mentioned about Zootopia or mm. Zootropolis as we've kind of had it over here. But which is, is it Zootropolis here yeah, and Zootopia, Zootopia in, in the US? US. Yeah. yeah. Um, for me, it doesn't have as many belly laugh moments mm. as Zootropolis, Zootropia, whatever the hybrid. I will say though, I think the reason you might not think it has those belly laughs and I did yeah. is because this is rooted in a, in a very specific subset of nerd culture, which I don't personally experience, yeah. but I have so many friends who do. So when they start cracking jokes about the gelatinous cube and okay. things like that, that, that stuff slays. That stuff. If I showed this to Calvin Prickett, he'll he'll roll out the Fine. seat dying. But that is 
in terms of a general audience, yeah. that doesn't hit. Those those don't yeah. land, right? Okay, that's for a niche no, yes, audience is, that's going to yeah, watch it. Yeah. And I'm like, brilliant. If it hits a, per, a, a certain person and they get it and they find it and it's a five-star for them, fantastic, it's right? It's like having Jeremy Clarkson turn up in cars and they, may, and they make very specific Top Gear jokes. Yeah. It's that level of humour but applied to Dungeons & Dragons fans, effectively. Fine. So I yeah. totally see where you're coming from on this. But mm. I think from a general audience perspective... You'll feel like there's something missing, but you might not be able to put your finger on it. Mm. Um, the animation is great, but it's not brilliant in comparison to other stuff that I've seen from Pixar. Um, Pixar, that um, short movie that Pixar did about the bow buns. Oh, I love that. It's so, called Bow, so isn't it? It's for Bow, yeah. yeah. So that, in 15 minutes, you get everything <laughs> and so much more. This, in an hour and 42 you kind of get a bit of everything, but it never sort of touches the sides, right. essentially. That's the way I felt about it. However, really enjoyable. Kids, visually stimulating. You will enjoy it, kids. Yes, there are enough laughs, generic laughs, for a general audience that will sit. So it doesn't falter on that path in any sort of way, shape, or form. My gripe with this is just that it's not even a gripe. It's just an observation. Yeah. It's. I'd be very surprised if this does the business to get it to that top level, that top shelf of... Toy Story, Wally, up, inside out. I, I don't think, think it's, it will do I think, that. I don't think its remit is anywhere near as broad no. as those things. But I do think, in terms of something you compare it to, I would say this would be the male equivalent to Brave for me. Okay. I think. I think. In which case, Van Connor, yeah. I would say to you, you need to be less frivolous with your five stars when you when you're. Oh no! Stuff I out. still think it's a five star. Do I, you? Absolutely. This is a no. two thumbs up from me. I had a whale of a time with it. One and three quarters. I had a magical me. time. One and three quarters. One and three quarters. One and three quarters. Okay, well, two magic ones from me. And now a segment we like to call Off Screen Pays the Bills. Hi, Bex. Oh, hi, Van. So, car trouble. I don't like car trouble. Do you do you do you enjoy car trouble? I don't, I don't particularly. <gasps> do you know what? I'm so done with car trouble. It's such a pain. <laughs> That's the thing. You you drive in the US as well, don't you? Yes. You go over. Yes. See, I uh, I don't really get that opportunity to drive when I'm in the US. What? Out on the open road. I know. So I've always wanted to do Route 66. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we need to take a moment to thank our sponsor on that related note, uh, Endurance, who offer vehicle protection plans that uh, cover and shield drivers across the US from the high costs of auto repairs. Now, to be fair, that is a fairly global and universal phenomenon. Yes. Uh, the idea here is that they offer uh, you know protection plans that pay mechanics directly for parts, uh, parts and labour, and you know they, they save you from having to, to deal with that stuff on your own to have to go back and forth from the you know the repair people to the protection plan to, you know, they did cut out the middleman so they deal with it all for you they are rated the number one vehicle protection company by consumer affairs they offer the best customer service in the industry and they stay with customers every step of the way from the point you start the quote at the, all the way through to the end of the claim so it's say we've that's, all had these uh, yeah, we've all had these 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 times when you've, you've not been covered and cars broken down i'll be really honest i'm notorious for, for uh, let my petrol tank run out without noticing how do you do that? I don't know. I'm just thick. Um, so for more information about Endurance's vehicle protection plans, uh, you can visit endurancenow.com forward slash off screen. And remember, insurance plus endurance equals total protection. And we're back here at Off Screen, and we've talked about all your big screen offerings. Now it's time to sit back, relax in the comfort of your own home, and check out what is on the small screen for you this week. So it's our seven-day guide, all your movies, one movie a night. Let's kick off, and blimey, drag me to hell, Van. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good one to start on, isn't it? Do you, do you remember Drag Me to Hell? 
I remember the poster. I don't think I even bothered with this. Oh, I loved it. Did you? I, I did. I love a schlock horror film. And you know, no one does schlock horror for me more better than Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi is a mm. guy that got me into horror with Evil Dead when I was a kid. Oh, my goodness. Made me yeah. fall in love with Bruce 100%. Campbell. And Drag Me to Hell was very much a sort of, kind of a cheap and cheerful return to the well kind of a project. Okay. Just a sort of, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to do a lap and just prove that I've still got it. It was that kind <laughs> of a project. Uh, basic remit here is you've got Alison Lohman, who is a young woman who works at a, a bank. Like a, a, the, sorry, the poster is literally someone being dragged, isn't Yes, it, it is. Yeah. She's a young woman who works in the loans department at a uh, local bank. She turns down a gypsy woman who just wants a loan to save her family home. And the woman takes this rather badly and, as, as they do, curses her. Shame me. I beg you, and you shame me. I think your business is finished here, ma'am. Let's go. Mrs. Ganesh. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's one of those movies. Predictable. It's a, it's a little predictable. You know, it's the kind of film that if you'd seen it in about 1997, it would have absolutely I was going to say, this away. feels like a 90s movie, is it not? It is a very 90s kind of a chiller. Uh, but it, it but it is, you know, it, like I say, it's a once around, it's a one lap around the block kind of okay. a project. It's it's rainy proving. You know what? I just want to show you that I can still flex it. Well, fans know? of San Raimi, you'll be watching this anyway. So also, we... decent little supporting offer Justin Long in there as well. There we go. Film 4, 11.35pm. Now, Sunday... Suffragette is on film for at 6.50pm. Carrie mm. Mulligan, women's rights, uh, you know, the ho- at the time of, like, Emmeline Pankhurst, all that kind of stuff. This was where Emmeline Pankhurst was... In fact, I tell you what, as, as we'll find out in the clip, we'll find out who plays Emmeline Pankhurst with the clip. Be militant. Each of you in your own way. Those of you who can break windows, break them. Those of you who can further attack the sacred idol of property, do so. We have been left with no alternative. But to defy this government, if we must go to prison to obtain the vote, let it be the windows of government, not the bodies of women which shall be broken. I incite this meeting and all the women in Britain to rebellion. Meryl, baby, who else are you going to get? Yeah. Who else are you going to get? Who else are you going to get? Like, really? Absolutely. That's, that's, but it's got people like Amory Duff in this, and, mm. you know, it, it, I found this an incredibly disappointing film. Did you? Wow. It was was just sort of it was just kind of like I I find it hard to articulate what I found disappointing about it. It's not telling us anything we didn't already know. It's not exciting you as a movie and I think they thought that this was going to be the British movie that was going to suddenly take the Oscars by storm. It's so forthright and, you know, women's, you know, Carrie Mulligan probably going to be up for another Oscar or whatever like that. And it just didn't hit. And it didn't hit with audiences and it didn't really do much business. And it was just, you know, it, I, I interviewed the producer for this and before it was coming out and trying to get some sort of scoops on it at a panel discussion. Mm. And, and she was just, it was so earnest that you, even before it came out, I was a bit like, oh, groan. And actually, that's what it played out to be. Well, I mean, just for what's all on us on Sunday night this week, I just think this really is the best option. And also, as far as, like, true story, kind of historical dramas go, I quite like this. I think uh, uh, Karen Mulligan's performance in it is great. 
uh, you obviously don't get a better bit of star appeal than Meryl as Emily Bank, yeah. first of all. But uh, also, by the way, have you seen the trailer for uh, Carrie Mulligan's next one, Promising Young Woman? Yes, I have, yeah. Oh, wow, i got to see that. Yeah, it looks exciting. But actually, what you've just said about this is that when you said Carrie Mulligan's performance in this is great, all I can think of mm. is like... Bleak House or something like that. So a very BBC drama. Well, That's kind what of this is. It's hard to avoid with given the subject matter, though. I no, I know, but my point is, is that. You could watch this on telly, like oh, people that. Well, that's, uh, that's what you're. It. That's what you're doing. Mm. But this in the cinema when it came out, I was a bit sort of like, would I have paid money to go and watch this? Probably not. And luckily now, thanks to Film Four at six fifty on Sunday, you don't have to. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So, uh, should we Monday, Monday, one that I wish I'd been able to see in the cinema. It is uh, it's 1988's Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jim Belushi team-up movie. It's Red Heat. How have I missed this? How have I, you missed I this? I am going to put this in my diary. Right. This is a buddy cop movie, buddy action cop, buddy action cop with movie. With Arnie? With Arnie as a Russian who travels. Oh, he's a God. Russian cop who oh, travels to the US the and has to team up with a Chicago cop played by Jim Belushi. Do you know what this key open? Looks like a key to a locker to me. Why don't you ask your bud? You try it. Where is the locker that this key opens? What do you say? You say, go and kiss your mother's behind. Yes, Arnie struggles with a Russian accent even more than he does just speaking English regularly. Uh, it's exactly the movie you think it is. Fantastic. It's, a mo it's more amazing to me that he somehow did this after he'd done things like Commando and Predator. And he's like, really? This was so late. I thought this was one of his earlier ones. Is it's this not. brilliant trash? It is absolutely wonderful trash. And it has <laughs> such great lines as Arnold Schwarzenegger saying the words, you are a stupid which is a thing. Love so, it. So, yeah, Paramount Channel, 10pm on Monday night. Check that out. Well, also check out on Tuesday, Sony Action Channel. Who knew there was a Sony Action the Channel? The broadening is the Sony Classics now as well. Right. Sony Movies, Sony Action, Sony Classics, yeah. 10.45pm, The Punisher. The Punisher. Movie I adore. This is the best version of The Punisher. It is the 2004 version starring Thomas Jane and having John Travolta as the villain, uh, Howard Saint. Uh, I've got a clip for you of the presumed dead Frank Castle returning for revenge. It's been five months since my family was killed. I don't see one man in jail. Obviously, you're upset. Upset? Is that the word? I used to get upset when I had a flat tire. I used to get upset when a plane was delayed. I used to get upset when the Yankees won the series. So if that's what upset means, then how do I feel now? Yeah, I absolutely adore this movie. I adore the soundtrack to it. I love the style of it. This is long before the MCU. And I just think Tom Jane, who did reprise the role in a short called Dirty Laundry uh, about six or seven years ago, I think he is just... He's, uh, it's, it's between him and John Bernthal for who's the best Punisher. Do you know what? I was just thinking, I was like, have I seen this? And no, I haven't seen this. But obviously with Daredevil on yeah, Netflix... You feel like you have. I feel like I have because yeah. you said Frank Castle and I was like, oh, I know exactly who that is. And and the is it John Berth? Bernthal, mm. his his portrayal is very very good. So if but you're a fan very, of the Punisher, uh, mm. it might be good to kind of see the back catalogue of this 
this kind of franchise of movies. Absolutely. This was the, the, I think there was a lot of hope that this would get sequels and that it did get repurposed into a reboot uh, called uh, Warzone with uh, Ray Stevenson, which yeah. a lot of people prefer to, the, to this version. I don't. I think this is a stronger one. This is effectively a, a you know, a sort of, a, you know, high-octane, high almost cigar-like project. I was a very big fan of it. But uh, anyway, on to uh, one that I think a lot more people broadly yeah. are fans Well, you of. mentioned that there's multiple Sony channels. This is Sony Classics. <laughs> We're two in a row uh, on Sony Classics yeah, now. Yeah, 6.40pm on Wednesdays, Philadelphia. Wow, what yeah, a movie. What like, a movie. Tom Hanks. Was this his first Denzel. Oscar? Uh, was this what? Was this his first Oscar? Was this Hanks' first Oscar? I think. Did you get this and then Forrest, Forrest Gump. Gump? Yeah, it depends which one came first. Mm. I can't oh, remember. no, this came first. This is 93 Forrest yes, Gump is 94. Which... Uh, he's the... And the... then what did he win for? Ooh. I'm trying to think. I know he was robbed for saving Private Ryan. Thank you very, mm. very much, Roberto Benini. But, uh, you know... We'll look it up. We'll look it up. We'll look it up. Anyway, so story of a uh, lawyer played by Tom Hanks uh, who contracts AIDS, keeps it from his employers. They discover this and use fraudulent means with which to fire him. And he, of course, hires a rival lawyer played by a somewhat discerning, more homophobic Denzel Washington to take his case. I don't buy it, counselor. That's very disappointing. I don't see a case. I have a case. If you don't want it for personal reasons. Thank you, that's correct. I don't. Well, thank you for your time, counsel. And also, I just love Denzel in yeah. this movie. I think I've just looked too. it up. He didn't win anything... So he did win for Philadelphia as mm. his first win. Yeah. Then Forrest Gump. He hasn't won a third Oscar. Has he not won a third I Oscar? I thought he had the hat trick. I thought he had, yeah. 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 Oh, he's nominated a few times, isn't yes, he? Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So. Most recently for Beautiful Day in the Yes, yeah, Dizzy. Um, so, yeah, I, I love this film. I think I watched this film way too mm. young. So it was out in 1994. Um, it's timeless in a it way really because, is. you know, we we have shows that still talk about the AIDS epidemic and things mm. like that. And, you know, like most recently on TV, Pose. You know, which you've mentioned a bunch of times. Me, so I still know nothing great. of. Yeah, but. you know, it is brilliant to watch. But if you want to see something that sort of laid the path for films and TV shows yeah. like this, Philadelphia is is that movie. So let's uh, let's move then to another film on the same channel on Sony Classics on Thursday night at six fifty. This is actually one of my favourite Sidney Poitier movies. It's from uh. nineteen sixty seven. Uh, by which point, I think he was three years off winning an Oscar. I think uh, from nineteen sixty four. It was for nineteen sixty fours. Oh, what was it? Uh, oh, I forget. Anyway, so the idea of this one is just to serve with love. Sidney Poitier is uh, is a teacher who moves from I think it's from South Africa to London to teach at a Cockney school. This is also the feature film debut of Lulu, who sings the theme tune as well. So oh, wow. big breakout project. If you've never seen it, very much worth seeing. It's in the vein of something like Blackboard Jungle. Yeah. Uh, with Glenn Ford, things like that. Um, I, I can't recommend it highly enough. I love me. Well, I love me a sixty Sydney Poitier movie. Yeah. Really do. Uh, and of course, a film I equally love, but for very, very different reasons. Uh, Friday night, I think this is the perfect way to end the week, with an action comedy starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, starring Zac Efron, starring Alexandra Daddario, and starring Kelly Roback, a swimsuit model who it turns out has some decent comedic chops. It is, of course, on Film 4, 9pm. It's only Baywatch. Wait, Summer, do you have time to study later? Yeah, um... Do you just, uh, look at my boobs? I was not my intention. I didn't, uh, stare directly at them. You look at them right now. Now I did, because you were talking about them. Testing. Oh, failed. Oh, my god. Well, we're going to be in swimsuits a lot, so... Yeah. If it's going to be a problem for you... It's not a problem for me at all. Yeah. 
Cool. All right. You just looked at them again. No, I didn't. I, I was. It. I didn't. Well, when you point them out like that, it, it's a compliment if you think about it. So. Zephron and Dario there. Can't say I blame him. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Uh, were you a fan? I loved it. I, I did absolutely well. loved oh, this. Terrible reviews. But ignore the reviews I know right listen to us it's brilliant exactly <laughs> what do, what do you know you what what do the critics expect on this okay it's, <laughs> it's The Rock yeah, Zac no. Efron sort of if you like Bad Neighbours you're going to see Zac Efron in a similar kind of yeah, you know, is, comedy yeah. light yeah. and it's fun and it's Baywatch it's not exactly like the the, <laughs> the original TV show was critic fodder you know, it's, know you've got to take it for what it is and enjoy it and actually on this occasion listen to the audiences because the audiences loved it critics hated it it did really well and now it's on telly go and finish your Friday night by watching this now that is a good week isn't it it is And we're back, and this time we're keeping it on the couch. We're doing it kind of on your schedule. So it's home platforms, it's on demand, it's streaming. Let's start with the shiny discs and the on demand, though, Miss Perfect. What should we start with? Let's start with some sleep, right? <laughs> and probably yes. a doctor. Exactly. So Doctor Sleep, the long-awaited cinematic adaptation of uh, Doctor Sleep, the Shining sequel, effectively, yes. starring uh, Ewan, Ewan McGregor. McGregor. Yep. As, is he now Dan Torrance? Yes. I think because he was Danny in, in, when he's a kid, and he's, he's now Dan. Dan. And he's sort of grown up, he's grown up with The Shining, with The, the Curse yes. of The Shining, which has driven him to alcoholism and substance and abuse. And we kind of understand what The Curse of The Shining is more in this movie, if you didn't realise yes. it in the first yeah, do, one, yeah. like, um, that some kids are gifted, mm. in inverted commas, with this. And in fact, of course, it's his meeting, his chance encounter with, uh, another, with a, a child yeah. who has The Shining that leads to him embracing this. You can hear me. Let's use our outside voices, all right? You tracked me down? It was easier than I thought. Like GPS, but in my head. Look, I don't mean any offense, but this day and age, a grown man sitting with a teenage girl on a park bench. I'm Aberstone, and if anyone asks, you're my uncle, Uncle Dan. And that's not even a lie. Not totally. You're magic, like me. I don't know about magic. So that's his new friend, Abra, yeah. there. And before you know it, they're basically put into the crosshairs of a group of sort of soul-sucking vampires played by uh, Rebecca yes. Ferguson. Who in actually is a really good performance from her, as always. Mm. Um, I really liked this movie. I know a lot of people didn't. I liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah. I thought I've not a lot seen going the, for it. Uh, there's an extended version for home platforms well, as well. Well, do you know what? It's interesting you say that because mm. I thought it had a lazy last chapter. Mm. to it because the big expectation is yes, going back to the hotel yeah, yeah, yeah. to the and, overlook yeah the overlook and kind of going through that and, and actually I think they could have done that better yeah. but I liked the story of it I liked how it played out I liked how different it was to The Shining I liked that Mike Flanagan got a big film job and he knocked it the hell out of the park yeah. good for you Mike Flanagan please get more gigs like this he's one of my favourite horror directors for years now the, the thing is about this is that it's a problem when you know I think the way some film critics are looking at this mm. is, is, is almost too in-depth. You know, yeah. the, it's the book, it's this, and it's got to fit that very shiny yeah. like, platform for them. And it, if it doesn't do that, it doesn't work for them, and then they hate it. Yeah. And actually, it's got more to it than just doing that. So, As, I mean, I've read the book for The Shining and yeah. seen the film for The Shining, but I've never read the book for Doctor Sleep. Yeah. Now, what I thought was quite clever about the film adaptation was this works as an, uh, as a sequel to uh, the film, sequel to the film adaptation, but also contains elements that quite clearly state it as a sequel to the book as well. Yeah. So I think, okay, this, this has obviously been quite well balanced. They've obviously yeah. put a lot of thought into this. So as an adaptation, I think they've done a fairly good job 
of, of sort of placating everyone's expectations of, of basically dealing with both fan bases at the yeah. same time and coming up with a sort of a middle ground, a happy medium. I think they've done a really solid job there. Yeah, and I just don't think that it got the fanfare that it probably deserved. But oh, I think it deserves worth a watch on, on on DVD or Blu-ray. If you haven't seen it yet, you don't need to see it on the big screen. It's just a good recap of... Oh, I don't know. I thought it was, I thought it was really good. But you're not going to be able to. Yeah, so, we don't know. But yeah. Most of us have monolithic tellies Fine. now. But okay. uh, I'll tell you one that, uh, you, you know, that, that's going to be a little bit more trashy uh, a choice for your entertainment picks this week is Midway. Roland Emmerich's version of Pearl Harbor, effectively. Why do we need another Pearl Harbor? Uh, because Roland Emmerich wants to do one. Okay. That's why when Roland Emmerich wants to do something, provided it's not an Independence Day sequel, you let him. So this one stars Woody Harrelson, Patrick Wilson, Ed Skrine, jo- is it Nick Jonas or Joe Jonas? I can't remember which one. Which is the one that married Priyanka Chopra? The really jammy one. Right. Yeah, him. And it's basically the Battle of Midway. So it starts with Pearl Harbor in the first, like, 20 minutes and then leads up to, you know, the Battle of Midway. It is literally the same lantern-jawed affair you would expect. I'll be really honest, it does make Pearl Harbor look academically brilliant in contrast. (laughs) Uh, This has no such genius as Alec Baldwin saying, gentlemen, Leave your goddamn hula shirts at home. Which, frankly, is a <laughs> it's level It's an important of, line. It's an important it's line. It's an important it line. It really is. You don't want to get them ruined. Actually, when we when we reviewed this uh, for Theatrical, I went back and rewatched Pearl Harbor. And the thing, and I, I gained a whole new appreciation from it. Yes, it's bad, but it's nowhere near as bad as you remember it being. Right. Uh, and also, I had never realised that at that stage, Alec Baldwin was still in his young, handsome, leading man bit. Alec he Baldwin. Yeah, he hadn't yeah. quite turned into the middle-aged Alec Baldwin we now now, now know and love. Uh, over to streaming then. Uh, we talked about this recently. I was shocked that this has come to streaming so quickly. It is Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Now, we talked about this a few weeks ago, we didn't did. we? I know you were really looking forward to seeing it as well. Yeah, I, the, the Jay and Silent Bob on their own stuff is... is, is I'm, a, I'm a purist with yeah. this. I love Clerks. Clerks. I love Mallrats. Clerks. Clerks. So I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> Clerks. I love Mallrats, Chasing Amy, you know, Dogma. I kind of worked my way through it. And then I thought Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back didn't really work for me. When this is, And yet this is kind of a direct sequel to Jay and Silent Bob Strike yeah. Back. But I, I, I'll just say first of all basically the movie that got made about them in Jane's Love Strike Back <clears throat> is getting a reboot that's the plot of this so they have to go back to Hollywood again on a similar sort of journey and stop the reboot the same way they wanted to stop the movie the first time and because you mentioned Dogma specifically yes. and I love Dogma so much I have specifically dug out this cameo of Matt Damon from Dogma appearing in Jane's Silent Bob reboot with one of my favourite gags of the whole movie For 20 years now, people ask, what happened to Loki at the end of Dogma? Did he go to hell? Heavens no. Pun intended. But I did almost unmake existence, so as punishment, God, who looks exactly like Alanis Morissette, banished me to life on Earth again. But not Wisconsin this time, thank Christ. No, God dropped me in the Mediterranean Sea, where I was rescued by Italian fishermen. I didn't even know who I was anymore. I had total amnesia. So, after the events of Dogma, I guess you could say I was born again. And what you're looking at now is, wait for it, my reborn identity. Oh, pun game, on point. You just got touched by an angel, son. Touched by an angel, son. 
I love him <laughs> so much. Do you know what? I um, Alanis Morissette is making a comeback. Yeah. And, I saw um, this, yeah. I watched her on this morning, mm. yesterday morning, and uh, it just made me think, I need to rewatch Dogma. Uh, I have nothing but love for uh, Alanis Morissette yeah. and indeed all women in my life who in any way remind me of Alanis Morissette. Uh, so that is available on Amazon Prime from Friday the 13th of March. Good. I cannot recommend highly enough that you watch it. There is a Ben Affleck scene in it that more or less reduced me to blubber uh, for completely you know, personal to this franchise reasons because I have such Fine. an emotional attachment to the Kevin Smith movies. Uh, now, our last offering of the week. This is also on streaming. This is be on Netflix the same day, mm-hmm. Friday the 13th. I think I can hazard a guess as to why yes. it's on there. It is, of course, A Quiet Place. Well, this is useful for me because mm. when is A Quiet Place 2 coming out? Is it next week? I think it is next week. Is it next so... week? Okay, so when's Friday the 13th? Is it? No, the next week. So I think basically... So it's coming out on the same on day? On the same day. So on the oh, same day. Oh, this is not day. useful for me. Not um, useful for you, but it is useful for people wanting to go to the cinema right. having seen the first okay. one again. Okay, so... Yeah. so so the reason why it's not useful for me is because mm. I will obviously see it earlier in the week, the second one, and I haven't seen the first. Yeah, exactly, because so you're going to have to review it for us. I'm going to have to review reasons. it, yeah. yeah. But, uh, so yeah. I um, am intrigued to see this. I just wish it came out a week early. I wish it came out this Friday and watch it this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I really like A Quiet Place, which is effectively sort of signs, isn't it? It's sort of signs, yeah. but in a world in which sound attracts the aliens. Have like. you just spoilt it for me? But no, no, that's haven't seen literally, this. Oh, no, no, the whole movie is it's like a silent film. Because when the movie was out, there was this great controversy about people making noises in cinemas because the film is so silent and relies heavily on, on ASL, on American Sign Language. Okay. Uh, I don't know why I'm doing that with my hands. I know no sign language. Yeah. We need to get a webcam in here. Vandals we, we, we do. does bizarre we do. things. I'm pretty sure I've just recording. made a rude gesture uh, <laughs> without meaning to. Uh, uh, written and directed by John Krasinski. Uh, Very well star- received, this yeah. movie. Very Starring well John Krasinski and Emily and real-life wife Emily Blunt. Uh, he has, I believe, written and is directing the sequel as well, which good directing doing, chops. Really good directing good. chops. Um, one might almost say uh, you could read his uh, fantastic directing chops as such. I'll let anyone decipher that code if they would like. They will be comic okay. book fans. But uh, interesting. I just I have hopes. That's all I'm okay. saying. Read into those fantastic Fine. ideas. What Do you know you what will. I'm amazed at? Is it mm. Friday Thirteenth films like this are coming out? Yeah. There's no like Friday Thirteenth horror. Movie because those rights are currently in development hell. Okay, fine. They really are. There's a lot of controversy around that. But, fine. Uh, alas, we will get to talk about uh, uh, we'll get to talk about uh, about uh, a Quiet Place next week when we talk about Quiet Place Two, obviously. And it's going to be uh, another interesting week, I think, next week. What have we got yeah. next week? So, good question. Uh, you put me on my toes <laughs> with that one. I've no idea. Ooh. Oh, misbehavior. Is misbehavior next week? Got misbehavior next Hang week. on, I've just realised something. I think A Quiet Place is oh, actually... Oh, it's the week after. A Quiet Place is the week after, so yes! you do get to watch it on Netflix. Fine. Okay, so next week we have The Hunt, which I've been really yes. looking forward to. We have The Hunt, we have Misbehaviour, and we have My Spy. Yes, My Spy with yes. uh, uh, Batista and the little girl. We've also got uh, And Then We Dance, which I hear amazing things right. about as well. So another interesting week to come It is next indeed. week. But, uh, you know, you, you, bring, you bring the nachos, I'll bring the popcorn. Fair um, enough. We'll Probably in. won't be allowed to bring them into the screening room. Probably that we're allowed not, in, but so. uh, I think Kermit would shoot us in the face if we tried it. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's very big on noise. Don't, don't make noise in front of him, ever. Fair. I've seen that man dismantle someone with, a, with, a, with their mobile phone. But uh, anyway, so yeah. um, all, that, all that cinematography can await for, uh, for next week. In the meanwhile, this has been Off Screen. I've been Van Connor. And I've been Bex Perfect. Thanks so much for tuning in and see us again next week and hear us, in fact, next week uh, on your podcast platforms. And we look forward to you joining us then.